Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Raziel. I'm your host for this wonderful podcast. Today, we have Toby Miller. He is of USA Snowboarding. He is an Olympic hopeful. Um, he has been to the X Games already. Incredible dude. Super, super fun to talk to. Very relaxed. Very interesting. He's an unbelievable person. So we're super, very, very glad we got to talk to him. Um, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Just listen to the things that Toby says. He's very relaxed, laid back kind of dude. He has done some amazing things in his life already and you know he is super young very good friends with sean white so we know that he's going to be going places so thank you guys so much other than that really hope you enjoy the episode all right and today we are super super lucky we have toby miller on the podcast toby started snowboarding at the age of six i mean i've never even been on the snowboard so you know Killer job for that six-year-old Toby, loving it. Uh, he made the U.S. national team at 13, which is even more impressive. Uh, this is his first year following the entire pro circuit and competed in his first X Games where he placed fifth. Congratulations to that man. I used to, I mean, I still do watch the X Games constantly. Uh, he has traveled and trained with Sean White and J.J. Thomas for the last year and a half. Unfortunately, he did not qualify for the 2018 Games, but ended up going to support his teammates and to film as well. And that is something that we're definitely going to be talking about a little bit later. Naturally, his number one goal is to be making the 2022 Games in Beijing. Toby, thanks for coming on today with us, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. I mean, it's an honor and uh, you got a really cool thing going on here. and it's, uh, it's great to be a part of it. Love it, brother. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm doing anything that I can help, man. Any, any way I can help, you know, you guys are our, you know, our, our athletes you guys are doing, you're putting in more time and energy. I mean, what, you're 18, you've probably put in more work up to this point than I ever will in my entire life. So really do you want to show any oh, kind of I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But... I, don't know, man. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a lucky guy. I skate by a little bit. I'll be honest about that. So we'll, uh, we'll see how this rolls. But again, Toby, really appreciate it. As I said, he is on the um, U.S. snowboard ski team uh, for half pipe and slope style, correct? Um, actually, just half pipe. Just I, half just, pipe. Uh, I just ride slope style for fun now, but I mainly focus on competing in half pipe. Very cool, man. I mean, it's probably a little bit of a, I don't want to say burden off your back, but now that you can just do something for fun. Um, I've noticed when I don't have to actually do it for life, I, I enjoy things a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, every snowboarder usually ends up making a decision if they're going to compete in half pipe or slope style, just because, you know, where are the sports that it's such a, it's at such a high level. So maintaining both of those disciplines is just so difficult. And I mean, Honestly, every single professional snowboarder is a killer half-pipe rider and slope-style rider, but, I mean, they just decide to compete in one or the other. So it's really cool. I mean, like, I'll have my buddies who compete for half-pipe sometimes, and they're trying tricks that, you know, most people won't even try, like, that compete, and uh, vice versa with slope-style. It's just, it's such a cool community. I love it. Very cool, man. That's what it is. So I guess uh, just a quick question off that, what is usually the biggest determining factor in picking one or the other for, for you or even for any of your friends that have done it as well? I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, back when I decided I was about 13 years old, I was, uh, I actually learned my first ever double cork on a jump, not in the half pipe. So at a time, I personally feel like I was a better slope style rider than a half pipe rider. But I felt that, you know, all like the opportunity opportunities I was getting was leading towards half pipe, you know, like I ended up getting to forerun the X games in uh, 2011 for half pipe. Um, I was getting invited to like half pipe camps and stuff, not for slope style for half pipe. And I was kind of like, okay. And then I ended up, you know, just kind of falling in love with riding half pipe and progressing and, 
you know, it kind of just stuck. It kind of made its own decision, which, you know, I couldn't be happier about. I've, you know, I've never even thought twice about, man, I should have ridden slope. It's, it's just been how it should have been. It played out, played out right again. Heck yeah, man. That is, that's pretty cool. I mean, um, I actually did a, a podcast earlier in the week, one that'll be rec- um, released probably right before this one. Um, and I was speaking to Lauren Williams, the first female American athlete to medal at both games. She was amazing. So if you haven't listened to it, I highly suggest everyone goes back and listen to that one. But she, I'll, I'll um, definitely go check it out. Please do, brother. Please do. Um, but she was just explaining to me, like, how many times like she came to a fork in the road and, like, opportunity knocks, man. You just, just open the door. If something's going to happen, let it happen and just roll with it. It seems like, I mean, it's crazy to think that at 13, you know, such a huge decision was kind of in the role. Like, I don't even remember. I was like playing video games at 13, not thinking about anything else. And I just think it's super cool that you were, you had the, um, the ability to kind of, you know, figure some of this stuff out at such a young age. Yeah. I mean, um, of course I was playing video games as well. You know, like, like I said, though, it wasn't like uh, I didn't sit down. I was like, well, I got to stop competing in slope style. It kind of just, you know, happened. I was like, well, I mean, the tricks in slope style, they're getting, they're getting to this insane level of like, you have to have three double corks to where now it's, it's going into quad flips, quad corks. And, um, you know, back then I was like, well, you know, the, the doubles and the half pipe and these tricks in the half pipe, they, they're, they make more sense to me. Everything just kind of made more sense and came like a little bit easier to me in the half pipe. And it was, it was, it was less scary for me, honestly, too. So, you know, it was kind of the deciding factor of like, this is what I'm going to do. And it, it worked out. I'm, I'm really happy with it. Heck yeah, man. I mean, hey, it's working out for you, brother. And the coolest part is, as you said, you can still ride slope style. It's not like anyone's going to say you're not allowed. You can still go enjoy that part of it and and do your thing there too. So that's pretty awesome. And just, uh, you know, just an aside, as you were saying, kind of how the the tricks make more sense to you. I honestly can't tell what's going on. Obviously, I I don't watch snowboarding as often. It's kind of an X Games and, and the Olympics for me. So I have to wait for them to, you know, NBC to slow it down. So I can actually see how many turns this person did, how many flips they did. That stuff is just insane to me. And I love watching it. So man, keep keep doing your thing. Just just keep rocking and rolling, brother. Beautiful, beautiful. One thing I obviously want to talk about that I, I alluded to um, when I was introducing you a little bit, uh, training with Sean White and JJ Thomas. What has that been like and how much, you know, there is a slight age gap between you and Sean. Um, obviously, he, you know, I feel like he's been in the Olympics since I've been alive, which obviously isn't true, but feels that way. And so kind of, you know, what's that been like being able to see what it takes to be at the highest possible level and then kind of you watching that and having to kind of not emulate it, but work just as hard, if not harder than he is. Yeah. I mean, training with those guys, it's, it's honestly, it's a dream come true. And it it is surreal. I mean, when I first started training with Sean, I was super young. So it was kind of just like, honestly, like, you know, every child, every kid snowboarder is like Sean White. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the superhero. You know, he, he is, he is, you know, the snowboarder of all snowboarders. So, I mean, when I first got the chance to go, ride with him it was at North Star and he was working with Bud Keen at the time I was like oh my gosh like is this real like I couldn't believe it and I ended up going and riding with him and it was it was amazing he was the nicest guy ever you know I was just this little kid at the time and then you know as the years progressed I um I continued to you know train with him here and there and this was all taking place before the 2014 Olympics uh, in Sochi and um you know, that whole thing played its course. I ended up going to Australia with him in 2013 before he went to Sochi. 
And then after that, in about, I think it was 2015 or 16 in New Zealand, he ended up just showing up. And I was like, no way, like, what are you doing here? And it, it was just super cool to see him. You know, I hadn't seen him since the Olympics. And, you know, I was a bit older and we started, you know, like becoming closer and closer friends. And in this past year and a half, you know, we became super close. And I consider Sean one of my best friends and, you know, of course, a mentor and a life coach. He's just, he's amazing. And uh, I personally feel like riding with him and hanging out with him has made me a better snowboarder just based on pushing myself and watching him do like his uh routine and like his like like thought process and stuff so just watching that it really just makes me think about what I could do better to better myself as an athlete very cool man yeah I could like at you know at at that young of an age I can understand you like just being like oh yeah as you said Sean White's everyone's hero you know at any snowboarder pretty much I feel like for the last 15 years it's been like that and so you're, you're so young. You probably, as you said, surreal, like you probably don't even understand, like maybe you did. Maybe, I mean, obviously you seem like a, a pretty smart dude, but like, I feel like if I was that young and I met one of my heroes, like I really wouldn't grasp it like at the time. And it's, it's pretty cool that he kind of came back into your life a little, little while later and you guys were able to develop this relationship. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like the relationship started there, you know, it wasn't like starstruck. It was more just like the disbelief of mm-hmm. like, Oh man, like, the, the goat of snowboarding like I'm gonna go ride half pipe with this guy you know it was it was really it was really cool and it's pretty funny actually when I was about I think I was nine or ten years old I was up at High Cascade snowboard camp and I was a camper and I competed in a skate competition and I ended up winning it and out of nowhere he came out and handed me a skateboard signed and I still have it in my garage and we were talking about it this last season I'm like I don't know if I've told you this but I have like a photo of us when I was like two feet tall with the skateboard you gave me and he like couldn't believe it he's like I kind of remember that it was was pretty funny but yeah it's just funny where you know you just don't know who you're gonna meet and where things are gonna take you dude that is uh that is too funny of a story like yeah he barely remembered it like obviously you at nine again you're gonna 100 percent remember that and it's just kind of one of those things it was almost meant to be from the beginning so that that is super cool dude um so with working with him and and with working with jj like what what are some of the things like what does a daily routine look like i'm assuming again to be at their status they're going hard or or doing everything necessary that they have to do to win their medals and, and you're kind of not quite along for the ride you're there doing it with them what is a day or or like a week like training really hard with these guys oh man I mean it's it's really cool because you know both of them they're both unreal athletes they've both medaled in the Olympics you know JJ Thomas he got the bronze in 2002 in Salt Lake so you know he was a uh, he was a professional snowboarder before he turned into, you know, being one of the greatest coaches out there. So, you know, I I mean like a day or a week of training with them, you know, it's really cool. I mean, you know, it depends on where we are, but you know, we, you know, we eat, we do the typical eating, sleeping, and then, you know, we wake up in the morning, we usually do a warm up, you know, to warm the body up. And then we go ride and we ride for usually about four hours, go ride pipe and, you know, do, do what we can do with uh, what conditions are doing and then um you know when we get off the hill we usually just try to eat some good food and you know a lot of times sean and i would actually go play video games hmm. like a lot of video games we played call of duty zombies for like five hours straight at one point but i mean most of the time it's like we'll go to the gym we'll we'll play video games we'll go to the pool you know we'll 
we'll try to keep things fun. I mean, that's honestly, that's what it comes down to. You know, I mean, if, if you take it too seriously, you're gonna, you're gonna get over it pretty quick. So, I mean, as long as things keep pretty, you know, having a good time, it's gonna, you know, make things better. 100% brother. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, as, as, as we said before, like if you're not going to have a good time, as you alluded to right here, if you're not going to have a good time, it turns into a, a, a day job and nobody really wants a day job. Some people have to have it, but you know, in your case, in Sean's case, um, you know, you guys are doing something that's pretty crazy that not a lot of people on planet earth are capable of doing. As I said before, I can't even see what you guys are doing, let alone actually understanding like how you're able to contort your body in certain ways, land perfectly and then do it again. So it's, it's super impressive, man. So again, you know, congrats on that. It's super, super awesome. I'm loving it. Um, another question I have kind of, um, not quite in tandem, but regarding, you know, Sean as well. You know, I read a couple articles naturally to get ready for this. I didn't want to come in empty handed. And I did see a couple places where he kind of referred to you as, you know, someone that is super up and coming. Like, nah, I don't, I don't want to put the pressure on you and say the next Sean White. But, you know, what is it like to have someone of that stature? Naturally, he's your friend. He's your mentor. It's super helpful. What's that like knowing that he has pretty high aspirations for you? You have high aspirations for yourself and being able to then work with him to try and get to these places. You know, I mean, that's just, I mean, it's such an honor to, you know, hear that come from him and like hear him, like, you know, speak those words just to the public. I mean, I mean, I, I, I feel like I've read the same article you did. And when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. You know, I didn't know, really know how to feel. I was like, wow, that's uh, one, it's a huge compliment. And it's, those are some pretty big shoes to fill. I mean, you know, he's the greatest of all time. And the fact that he thinks that, I mean, it's like, you know, it's definitely motivating and makes me want to be the best snowboarder I could possibly be. So, I mean, just the thought of, you know, him saying that it's, it's just, it's surreal, man. It's cool. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. Not, not, uh, not too often those words get spoken. So, you know, congratulations on that. And if he has those high aspirations, I'm, I'm sure it's a uh, very, uh, very warranted on your part. And clearly, man, you're, you're, you've been killing it for a long time. I assume you're going to keep killing it into the future. So we're super excited to see um, how all that stuff does go. Uh, and now, I guess, just speaking, going right into it, your snowboarding career a little bit. I mean, this has been your first full year, correct? Or your, your first year on the pro, completely taking the pro circuit, your first X Games. You know, man, tell me, tell me what I guess this last, you know, few months has been like and how you've been uh, taking it in stride. Yeah, I mean, you know, over the past years, you know, I'd get invited to a pro event here and there, you know, like I'd always do the US Open or occasionally I'd get invited to like the Locks Open or, you know, events like that. But, you know, this year was the first year I got invited to every pro event back to back. So, you know, that was, you know, I had been waiting for that. And, you know, that was what I was striving for was I just want to make the pro circuit. I want to get invited to these events and, you know, show what I could do. So, actually getting invited to, you know, my first due tour and then after due tour getting invited to my first X Games. So I actually was an alternate at X Games, which I didn't even care. I was I was just so, so happy to finally get invited and just like that they thought about me. And um so it ended up happening like uh Danny Davis, sadly he ended up getting hurt at the event before X Games, which was a super bummer, but he ended up being okay, but he had to pull out of X Games. So the first alternate got in and uh that was Greg Brett. So then I was next to get in. So if anybody dropped out, I was, I was next. I got to compete in my first X Games. And uh, as most of you know, the Olympics fell in the next month. So, you know, most athletes were like, okay, this is like a test to get ready. But it's also, you know, it's also a huge risk. Like you're, you're going to be competing at a super high level before the biggest event in snowboarding. And Sean actually decided 
that he wanted to play it safe and focus on just the Olympics, which ended up working out for him. And it also benefited me because I ended up getting his spot. So I ended up getting to compete in my first ever X Games. And oh my gosh, it was, it was a child, it was a childhood dream come true, man. You know, you see it, you're watching it on TV all the time. You're like, man, maybe one day, like maybe one day I'll get to compete there. You know, it's, it's the Super Bowl for snowboarders. So, you know, getting to compete there, it was just, it was so, it was unreal. You know, words can't really describe it. And I just, I really hope I get to experience that again for more years to come. Hell yeah, man. That is, that is a pretty cool story. It just turns out, you know, that, uh, that, I'm not going to throw any conspiracies out there. I'm Sean. I'm, I'm sure Sean did not uh, take his take his seat just to make sure you could get there. I think that would be a a pretty cool story. But we'll uh, we won't put that in there. Has that uh, sound? Yeah. No. I don't. I don't think that was it. It was just uh, you know, the Olympics where you know he really wanted that, and that was like his number one goal. So he didn't want to have any things like distracting him going into it. So he decided I'm just going to put 100 percent of my focus into this, which. I respect it and so did his whole team and you know most snowboarders did as well oh and absolutely as you said it, it worked out for him too you know he took home yeah. that gold medal so and, that, and those runs were pretty insane i watched every second of that so that was pretty incredible but again i mean your first six games you come in fifth place as you said it's kind of like the super bowl for snowboarders you get in almost like last second it sounds like or very close to last second what was the day before the day before okay oh literally let's call it you know eleven fifty nine uh, at uh, p.m you know that's that's pretty impressive what was that kind of like what was that like I can almost see you know I've been speaking with athletes in that first huge event you're going to it's not quite during the headlights for some of them but you know some people black out and don't remember the opening ceremonies kind of thing so take take me through I guess those first you know few minutes of realizing that you got accepted that you, then you're there and then you know you're 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 going down the hill well I mean like, luckily I had um I had JJ there supporting me so you know he he's a veteran he competed in so many x games and the way x games works is you get I, I believe it's three or four full like nights of practice you get you get lots of practice in the half pipe and you know like I got to practice because I was an alternate and JJ goes hey I want you to train like as if you are 100% in. And I was like, okay. So every single practice, you know, I was, I was getting my run ready. I was, I was training as if I was already in the competition. So the second I got the text, like, Hey, like, congratulations. You're, you're, you're in tomorrow. I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, like at first I like, I wanted to like jump around, but you know, like I was, I was mentally, I felt I was mentally and physically prepared to like actually do what I had to do. So you know, when that moment came, I was like, okay, it's like, it's here. Like, let's do this. So, you know, I ended up getting to the mountain like way too early that day. I was just so excited. Um, we competed at night and I was there at like four in the afternoon, just like hanging out in the athlete tent, just like already booted up, just like waiting to head up. Just kind of, I was just so excited. I was like a kid in a candy store. Um, but you know, the second, the second, you know, my first run came around I want to say it was just like any other contest, but it, it really wasn't, you know, you're, you're under the lights. There's, there's a huge crowd. It's, it's the X games. It's, you know, it's the event you've always looked like you've always like strided for, you've always wanted to compete in this. And, um, you know, it was just, you kind of just go into this new mental mindset of like, let's go. It's like, you just power through every all, all the, like the, second thoughts you're having and you just go you feel like you're a superhero almost it's it's pretty it's pretty unreal yeah man that adrenaline stuff it's uh it's pretty crazy and i'm sure you have had your fair share and that's that's pretty incredible man you know i could i could totally see you know your first time 
you know, just as you said, getting there way too early, like all excited in the tent, yeah. talking to everybody coming through, just having a good time. So that is, that's a pretty awesome story, man. I'm really glad, uh, really glad you did share that with everybody. Now, um, just for my sake and the audience's sake, where does the X Games land in, I guess, the season? Um, like how have you, how many events were you already at where you kind of like, I know you've said you've been doing pro events for a while, but you're in the season, like how far in or out um, does that occur? So our season, I mean, it depends on the season. So sometimes we'll have an event take place in like August down in New Zealand. And that is like the unofficial kind of start to our season. But, you know, most of, most of snowboarders consider Copper Mountain the start, which is usually a Grand Prix, and that takes place uh, early December. So they usually go Copper Mountain at a Grand Prix, and then Dew Tour follows that right before Christmas. And then X Games kind of follows um, just after in uh, January. So it's it's um, usually mid-January in Colorado, so it's usually really cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it kind of falls right in the dead center of the season, which is really cool because you have time to, you know, prepare, get all the competition bugs out and, uh, you know, get back in the rhythm of it. And then by the time X Games rolls around, you're, you're ready to go. So. I'm I'm really happy with where where it lies in the season. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of why I was curious, like how you know how that sets up. Like obviously, if it was too early in the season, as you said, you could still have some of those bugs getting ready in the competition. But it seems like it's far enough into it that you have you know a few things under your belt. You can pretty much rock and roll. Um, and now, hopefully, next year you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to soak it all in a little bit more, really enjoy it, and and go and and crush it even more than you did. I mean, fifth place on your first first time, man. That you know, huge congratulations to you again. That is just super super cool. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that was uh, that was probably the best contest of my life today. I I'd say. Um, hopefully next year I could uh get a, a starting spot to start with, and then I could like be that excited the first day of practice. So. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm sure there's a good shot at that. I'll I'll keep my fingers crossed though. Don't you worry. We got you. Ah, thanks, man. Um, so one thing I do now, we've talked about kind of your career a little bit. We've talked about, uh, you a little bit, obviously you're coaching some of your mentors just so I guess to kind of take a step back for a second and really just understand your sport a little bit more. Um, you know, one thing that you even alluded to me was not a lot of people really know how the qualification process works. Like, as I've said, like, I think Sean White is just supposed to be in the games. I don't know if he has to go through any, like, I actually have no idea how the teams are created. I do remember when I was watching this past year, like, 10 of the top 20 snowboarders, I'm kind of just throwing numbers out there, are from the U.S. team, but we're only allowed to take so many. So, you know, some of the guys that are better really aren't able to go. Can you just kind of explain how the qualification process works for the Olympics and how you kind of take that into, like, account when you're doing your whole season and and getting ready for the Games? Yeah, I mean, of course. So, basically, I mean, like you said, you you just automatically be placed in the next Olympics. But um, you could get a gold medal, a silver medal, a bronze medal, you know, the, in, in the previous Olympics. But when it comes down to the next one, you're qualifying just like everyone else. I mean, there's no, there's no um, shortcuts. And basically how it works is usually there's uh, five competitions and they're all uh, World Cups or Grand Prix, and they're all in America. So basically there's five qualifiers and they take your best two results. So basically there's four spots for the Olympics and um, basically the four people with the top best two top results get to go. And um, that's how it is. And usually on Olympic years, there's way more contests than any other year because they have to make these qualifiers. So 
there's usually never five Grand Prix in a year. I mean, there's there's a there's usually like two. So this last year, they actually only had four qualifiers. So that really you know confused people. They were like, wow, we only have four contests to you know show what we got. We only got four chances to you know try to get these results that we got to get. And you know it kind of came to a weird halt when it came to the ski half pipe qualifiers because a lot of the men had like the same results. So like two guys had golds along with third places, but two guys had seconds and third places. So it was like, it was this battle to get this like third and fourth spot. It's, it's really crazy. And I mean, I don't know what it's like for other sports, but I'd really like to find out because our, ours, our qualifiers, it, it works. And you know, once you get in the rhythm of it, it makes a lot of sense. Very cool. Thank you for that. Now, just as a, uh, I guess, a quick question, why was there only four this year? Was it just scheduling or, or was there something more specific? So there was originally five and they were supposed to hold the first one a year before. So there's supposed to be one year before and then four this previous season. And um, the weather was super bad at that one qualifier. So, um, you know, all the riders and coaches decided like, hey, let's write this one off and just do four qualifiers for next season to where in slope style, they had that qualifier. So slope style actually had five qualifiers where half pipe only had four, which is, uh, I think that might've been a first, honestly, but you know, I mean, it, it works. I mean, the same people would have gone. It was, uh, it was great. Very cool, man. Well, I, again, obviously very sorry you were not able to make it, but you know, we feel like you're, you're going to be coming up on the next one. 2022's just around the corner. Don't you worry. So I guess, you know, what was, what is it like training and being friends with all these people, but knowing that you're in pretty severe competition with them as well? Like I'm assuming you guys are all great friends, but at the same time, there is that extra added layer to the onion. I mean, yeah, so I'm on the U.S. Halfpipe team. So, you know, most of my friends, they're on it as well. So, we, you know, we get to travel around together. We get to hang out. And, I mean, yeah, we're competitors and all. But, you know, like even at the top of the halfpipe, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. You know, you're, you're there doing your thing. They're doing their thing. And you're honestly supporting each other, you know. Like I'd say 90% of my friends, you know, we give each other hugs before each other's runs. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's super great camaraderie. And, um, yeah, I don't think – any of us really think about it as like a super heavy competition. We're all just, you know, friends at the top of the half pipe trying to do the best half pipe run we could do. And if one of us comes out on top over the other, it's, you know, nothing but support. Very cool. Yeah. I, can, I mean, obviously there, there's, you know, with, with something that huge in, in the balance, naturally there's going to be a little bit of something, but it does sound like you guys spend so much time together. It's really, you know, if, if you throw out your best run and you deserve it, heck yeah, man, we're just going to support the heck out of you while you're there and, and just love you for, for you and what you're doing. And unfortunately, again, you know, not everybody can make it. We understand that, but you know, there's always, there's always four more years. There's always the next X game. So there's always that possibility as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, like when I went out to Korea this last year, like, the four men that made the Olympic team, you know, like I compete against them and other competitions and, you know, they made the Olympic team and I, I couldn't have been happier for them, you know, like they're, they're my very close friends and, you know, we're going to go down to New Zealand together. We're going to be staying in the same house together. So, you know, I was up there, I was just like pumping them up. I was, I was just so happy for them, you know, cause I mean, I believe three of them, it was their first Olympics. So, you know, it was, you know, it was a surreal experience for them. And then Sean, of course, it wasn't his first, but, you know, I was still 
super happy for him for, you know, qualifying after the rough year he had had prior. But, you know, it was just it was just super cool being there and supporting all my friends and, you know, fellow fellow athletes. Heck yeah, man. That's pretty awesome of you. And uh, again, we're crossing our fingers for 2022 for you. So that is, that is pretty great. (laughs) And so I guess one thing, knowing that, you know, four of your friends are going to the games, I I know we'll get to you being at the games anyway, but how much, how much extra juice does that give you? How much extra motivation does that give you knowing that like, Hey, okay, I didn't make it this time, but this next one, you know, I'm a hundred percent going to make it. What does that, what does that do to your psyche? And what does that do to you as a, as an athlete? Yeah, I mean, I think going this last season and kind of seeing what the Olympics were all about and seeing kind of how it works, you know, it really gave me this perspective on what it's like and what I have to do to make it there. You know, because if if you've never gone before, it's on this pedestal. The Olympics are the Olympics. It seems like this crazy event that like, oh my gosh, once I get there, am I going to freeze? Like if I make it, am I going to choke? Like what's going to happen? And, you know, going there and, you know, seeing how it all worked, like, yeah, it was the Olympics. But at the same time, at the top of the half pipe, it's just like any other any other snowboard competition. You know, like at the bottom, that's another story. That is a whole new crowd. That is a whole new scene. But at the top, it's just like any other snowboard competition. And it's just, it's really cool. And it really made me realize like, wow, like this isn't too far out of my reach. Like I really do think I can get here. And it, it's motivated me a ton to, you know, take every step of the way I can to, you know, make it there and be the best snowboarder I could be to, you know, make that 2022 Olympic team. Love it, brother. Love it. And uh, just out of curiosity, I guess, do you know where you fell in that? Um, like how close or far, or is it, um, do they, do you kind of keep try and keep that under wraps a little bit? No. Um, I, you could look it up somewhere. I believe I was like, I want to say sixth or seventh out. So, I mean, like I was in the top 10 range. So, I was in the mix, but I mean, those, the guys that went, they had a phenomenal season. You know, my buddy Jake Pates, he ended up uh, winning the second Olympic qualifier. So, I mean, that was, that was huge. It was his first big win. We were all so stoked for him. And I mean, basically right there, he was solidified to go to the Olympics. And it was, you know, you could see it on his face. Like when he landed that run, he knew he had done something. And that was, that was, that was super cool to watch. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was awesome. That is that is killer, man. Again, that's so cool that you guys can be, you know, friends and still compete against each other, but then just understand. I mean, like, it's pretty much you against the half. Like, it's you and you in the snow at that point. Like, if you're going to land your run, you deserve to go. And I, and I think it's super cool that it's like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, a, it's 100%. Like, it's an individual sport. It's you and the half pipe. You, you couldn't have said it any better. And, I mean, you're just out there doing it with your friends. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's a team sport in a way where you're with your team. But when it comes down to it, it's it's you and the half pipe, and nobody's gonna change whether you land your run or not. It's it's 100 up to you. It's kind of like golf, I guess. It's you against the courses. Yeah, you can do exactly. it. You can play it. It's it's you. It's not really you against anybody. It's you against yourself. And if you can do what you're supposed to do, then you know, kill it, man. So yeah, you're very- all out there friends it's golfing it's that's a <laughs> analogy for it actually. That was great. Love it, man. Look, I'm I'm, I'm starting to get pretty good at this thing. So um so. We alluded to a little bit, you went to the games with Sean, um, you went with JJ, you went to go support Sean, and, and obviously the rest of your teammates. You went to go film. Now, tell me a little bit about kind of you and cameras, what got you into it, and, and what you saw when you were over there, and what you were able to capture. Yeah, I mean, um, wow, that, it's been a while since I remember buying my first camera, but I bought my first camera a couple years back, and it was this tiny little Olympus camera because my buddy Ryan he was just getting into 
uh, photography. And he's, he's a fellow snowboarder too, Ryan Walkendorfer. So he was just getting into photography and he was taking these super cool photos. And, you know, I had never thought about it. I was like, oh my gosh, like a camera. That's so cool. So I ended up buying one and then going to Lake Powell with him that summer and like taking some photos. But I was like, man, like photos are cool, but video, like you could capture a moment and watch it back. So I started videoing and then, you know, I wanted to get better at it. So then I eventually bought a nicer camera and then like created my own YouTube channel with that camera and started, you know, making little videos of my travels. And then like, you know, I was like watching all these crazy content creators like with all these visuals. And I was like, how are they doing that? So, you know, I got pretty into like researching, like, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And uh, trying to make my videos like even just a little tiny piece of theirs, like to like, just to show like how beautiful the world is. And, you know, I just thought about it like, man, I'm going to these beautiful places. Why not capture what I'm seeing to share with other people? So that's, that, that was kind of what it came down to. And, uh, you know, I was doing that when I was traveling with Sean quite a bit. And uh, I ended up kind of filming him a little just because I was like, well, if I'm going to film these videos, like I'm with Sean, I'm with JJ, like I'll film these guys. And it happened like, hey, I mean, you're always filming. Like you, you want to come to the Olympics and bring your camera. It'll be fun. And I ended up just like, okay, cool. And filming, you know, like just for fun and it ended up being like some insane footage and some behind the scenes stuff of him winning the gold. It was, it was really cool. You know, that is killer, man. Um, well just quickly before I forget, please shout out your YouTube page so everyone can find that. I think it's just uh youtube.com slash Toby Miller. I think it's just my name. Love it. That's super easy. I mean, that's quick Google search. So that's not a problem. That's really cool, man. I I totally agree with you. Like, you know, a picture says a thousand words was 24 or 32 frames a second. Say, you know, that's always something that I, that, that I really believe in because we can, you can capture that moment in time, but you can, as you said, you can capture a little bit longer moment. You can watch it over and over again, which I totally, totally agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, like making a video of like going to Japan for the first time, you know, like, yeah, it might be a little bit of work at night. Like, oh, I got to edit all this. But like you put the little bit of effort in and then you go back that next year and you watch that and you're like, man, that trip was, that trip was really fun. So like originally I started creating these videos for myself to like, you know, go back and watch and just like remember like, oh man, that trip, that trip was really cool. That was, that was, that was really fun. Um, but then eventually someone was like, hey, you should, you should post these. Like, these are kind of cool. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, I was thinking about it as like little like, snowboard journals and uh i ended up posting them people you know people kind of digged them so i was like okay you know and then like one thing led to another people you know dug it and i you know now i got a youtube channel rock and roll brother that that is pretty awesome i mean as as you said like you're going to all these crazy places like i've only left the continent once and you know like that's probably insane you you do that more times in in a year than i've done in my entire life and I'm 26 at this point. Obviously, I plan on changing that in the future, but you know, it's you're going to so many cool places. You're doing so many cool things with some of these amazing people. Um, I think it's you know we appreciate that you were able to then start doing this and just kind of show us because you know it's it's your everyday life, but no one else is going to ever live nearly the kind of life that you're living. So it's really cool that you give people the opportunity to see the behind the scenes, see you know the front of the scenes, and really what you're doing. Not quite on a daily basis, but um, you know, as you said, snowboard journals. I love that. Yeah, that's kind of how I always thought about it. I was just like, man, like, it'd be cool just to show these adventures I get to go on in these beautiful places. And I mean, it's pretty funny, even like uh, my mom and my brother, my my whole family, actually, you know, because like, I'm going to New Zealand for like two weeks. And you know, they I'm, I'm always talking to them on the phone, but they're like, when's the next video coming out? Like, we want to see what's going on. Like, 
all my friends at work are asking like, Hey, what, where's he at? And I, it's, it's, it's pretty funny that like, when you realize people actually watch, you know, like what you're creating, it's pretty cool. And so you're building that house now. You said, have you been uh, taking any video of that? Um, I've actually just been taking some photos. Yeah. My parents, you know, they're building uh, their dream house up in Lake Tahoe right now. So we're moving into that, um, August 8th, I believe. So it's been, it's been a whole process, but you know, they've, they've been doing a very good job. So, you know, I'm helping with what I can, you know, I can't, I can't lay down any floors or anything. I leave that to the professionals, but uh, I, could, I could rake some leaves out of the yard and whatnot. Yes, leave leave that stuff to the professionals. We'll let you do your snowboarding. You're the professional there, so so we appreciate that, brother. Um, so what? I mean, what else do you? You know, you're you're a snowboarder. You're you're a filmmaker. You travel a lot. Like, what are some of the other things? I mean, it doesn't sound like there's too much more downtime that you can possibly have. But like, what are some of the other things? Again, I want to flesh you out a little bit more. I want people to really know who Toby Miller is. Yeah, I mean, I skateboard quite a bit, you know, when I can. I mean, there's not a lot of skating happening in the winter, but, you know, in the summertime, in the spring, when I go down to New Zealand, I'll bring my skateboard. So, you know, that's a that's a really fun thing for, you know, me and my friends to do when we get off the hill. We do that. Um, I actually i am starting college this next month, so I'm going to do uh, some classes at Westminster College. So that's going to be pretty fun, you know, slowly chip away at that while I'm also, you know, competing in snowboarding. So I'm pretty excited to get, you know, a little bit of the college experience. I mean, I'm going to do it online, but it's going to be pretty cool to get that done. Very cool, man. Congratulations to that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, college was fun. I had a pretty good time. Obviously, our experiences are probably going to be a little bit different, but uh, definitely, man, take advantage of it. It's pretty cool. It's always nice. That piece of paper, as, as much as people make fun of it, and as much as people, um, you know, kind of are a little cynical about some of this stuff, it's very well worth it. And, uh, you know, you'll definitely appreciate much more that, that you went and you got to do all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I, it's, it's a super important step. I mean, yeah, we're, we're all snowboarders and we're all these athletes and we have, you know, what we want right in front of us. But I mean, you know, a snowboard career is not going to last forever. I mean, you, every snowboarder is going to come to a part in his life when, you know, you're going to have to stop competing competitively and yeah, you might have to get a real job. And I mean, if you did take the right steps to get a college and a high school diploma, it's, it's it really, it'll change your life after snowboarding i i believe 100 percent, 100 percent agree with you there man it is definitely definitely well worth it um very cool about that i really appreciate that a little bit and congratulations again going to school coming up in in september it sounds like gotta so so now you're gonna juggle classes competing training all this stuff how, how excited uh how excited are you for that yeah exactly i mean it's it's pretty cool i mean westminster they are super super helpful when it comes to you know athletes trying to make the olympics so i mean they're like, they, they're pretty lenient in some ways as much as they can be. I mean, when it, when an assignment's due an assignment's due and that's mm-hmm. final, but I mean, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, you're going to be competing from December until March. Why don't you just take, you know, one class through then. And then when you're not competing, maybe take a couple more and you know, that's kind of how it's going to go. So it's not going to be this whole like, oh man, I got these six papers due, but I also have, you know, the finals are tonight. Like I got to go compete. And, um, no, you know, we, 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 we planned it out so I didn't have to, you know, worry about like them intertwining too much. And I, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll work out pretty good. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It sounds like they know what they're doing. It sounds like you know what you're doing. And obviously you have a lot of people around you that have probably been, a couple of them have done something similar. So you're able to work, you know, with some of their experiences to make your life a little bit easier. So that's always important too. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff, brother. All right. Um, one of the last topics I want to talk about, um, obviously you were, um, from what the internet says, and now I'll be honest, the internet's lied to me once or twice recently, but from what the internet says, you've been uh, sponsored for a pretty 
a pretty significant amount of time. You know, it said 13 or 14 was when you first got uh, sponsored, uh, correct? Yeah, I mean, I remember my first ever sponsor, it was a company called Bonfire. And I, oh. I was a camper. I was a I, day camper at Wendell's. No way. I used to work for Bonfire. That's really funny. Oh, really? Yeah. That's killer. Um, yeah, it's a great company. I mean, I was I was so young at uh, Bonfire. I was so young at uh, Wendell's, and I was just up there snowboarding. And we went on this uh, – they go on, like, these um, – what do you call it? Like, like they, I, they called them adventures when we were there. But one of the adventures was we got to go check out the Bonfire Solomon headquarters. And we ended up going – and meeting like the people that ran the company and it was so cool to see like the inside of a snowboard company and like oh my god it's just like people working in an office it was it was, it was crazy from like an eight-year-old kid seeing all this and um they ended up offering me like hey we we'd love to you know give you give you some free stuff and you put some stickers on your board and i was like what like free stuff what like, free I, stuff? Didn't, I was like i was mind blown i was like this company's gonna give me free stuff to wear for me to snowboard in like that was it didn't make sense and then you know a little bit down the road I ended up getting sponsored by Billabong and that was you know that was a really cool that was a cool deal because you know the people that worked for Billabong at the time you know became my lifelong friends and I'm still very close to them and you know you know things change and you move on from companies and but you know you got to keep the relationships and that's what I did and you know my my great friend, Andrew Mariner, you know, he, he, he was working for Billabong at the time and he's just a great family friend still. So it's pretty cool. Very cool. And now obviously with, I again, love that hat, man. Unfortunately, people aren't going to be able to see it, but you look great in it. So that's important. But uh, with Red Bull, what I, I noticed Red Bull is, is pretty huge, obviously into, you know, more extreme sports. Um, what is, what is that like? How have they been able to help you? Um, obviously monetarily is nice, but kind of just been able to make sure that you can train, compete, get everything that you need uh, at literally the highest level. Yeah. I mean, Red Bull, it's such a phenomenal company. And yeah, like you said, it's, it's a huge company, but you know, when you, when it really comes down to it, it, it feels like a, it feels like a small family. I mean, all the athletes, you know, I mean, even if you've never met, met him or met her, you know, it, it feels like you've known each other. Like you just immediately get along and Red Bull is a company. They're, they're so supportive of all their athletes. You know, they, they have the same mindset most Olympic athletes do when it comes down to, you know, they want, they want them to be the best. They want to give them every opportunity possible to allow them to be successful. And it's, it's been super, I've been, I've been super fortunate to have them supporting me. And, you know, I, I love the people that work over there and I, I wouldn't want to ride for any other drink company. Love it, brother. Very cool. Obviously you have some other, other sponsors as well, but um, I guess to, just to reword the question, what, like, how has being sponsored from a young age with, with, you know, this size company and with some of these other companies been able to help you kind of maintain the highest possible level of performance, whether it comes to, you know, paying for the correct coaches, going, you know, travel, all this other stuff. How has they, how have they been able to help you in that fashion? Yeah. I mean, honestly, they, they provide me with the highest quality gear that I need, you know I mean? Like DC snowboards, they, they put me on, you know, their highest, board they got and it allows me to you know do the tricks that I have to do or you know the outerwear it allows me to you know stay warm when it's cold and then you know POC that's a that's a big one you know I wear their uh, goggles and helmets and you know where I started riding for POC is I actually got um, a head injury when I was younger and we discovered POC helmets so I started wearing them just we would buy them and I would wear them skateboarding I wear them snowboarding because they were the safest helmets on the market and 
I ended up writing for them and I still currently do. And I, I believe so hot. I believe in their helmets, like more than anything, you know, like your head is one of the most important things in your body. You don't want to, you don't want to risk that. So, you know, Pac is, you know, I, I back their helmets more than anything out there. Love it, man. Yeah. You seem, you seem very, uh, very, very genuine in that. So I'm sure they're, uh, they're extremely happy to help you out in any way possible. So that's good stuff, dude. Um, awesome, man. All right. And I guess just the last, last couple questions I want to ask is I guess coming with the, the upcoming season, you said you're going to New Zealand. I, I think that's the one you were referring to earlier in the conversation where it's the unofficial start for some people. Um, what, a, what does it look like? How, how are you doing? What are your, uh, shaping up your competition a little bit, I guess? Yeah, exactly. So I'm heading down to New Zealand in two weeks, uh, to go, like, um, I don't know how to explain it. Basically, people under 18 from a bunch of different countries come together and compete against each other. It's called Junior World Championships. So everybody under 18 um, competes and tries to take the Junior World title. So that's actually my first contest of the season. So I'm going from there. And then after that event, it's basically just training up until the first contest in Copper. So going to try to learn some new tricks before then and you know, hopefully kick off the season with a good finish. Love it, brother. Good stuff, man. Well, again, Toby Miller, sincerely, dude, we really, really appreciate you being on. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate that. Hanging out, talking with me a little bit today. Um, I mean, that's really all I got for the conversation. I've had you long enough. You've given us so much good stuff. So sincerely, sincerely appreciate that again. Um, looking really, really looking forward to some of the videos that we'll be seeing hopefully uh, across some of those social media. So make sure those come up, uh, I guess in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll be uh, checking out. Uh, if you don't mind actually just letting the audience know everywhere they can find you online. Yeah. I mean, most of my, uh, social media handles are just Toby Miller or the Toby Miller. I mean, that's about it, but Enough. yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's, it's an honor. I, I can't wait to you know, listen to all the other podcasts you got going with the other athletes, you know, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what their process is like and what their sports are like, you know, it's a, it's a really cool podcast and you got something amazing going on here, dude. Thanks brother. I really appreciate it. It's, my favorite part is just learning about the athletes because every single person has such an interesting story on either how they're trying to get to the games or how they got to the game. So I'm super excited for it. Really sincerely appreciate that again, man. And uh, yeah, thank you one more time. The Toby Miller. <laughs> Thanks man. Have a great day, and I can't wait to listen to your podcast. You too, brother. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. Our Athletes Podcast is just a fun project of mine to do. I truly believe that these athletes, Olympic athletes, even the hopefuls, nobody really knows what goes into it, and that's why I try and do this. I want to I help people understand what they have to do on a daily basis for us to really only pay attention to them, unfortunately, once every four years. So I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys could rate, comment, share, um, tell your friends about it, do whatever you got to do. I really think that these stories are incredible and inspirational and more people should really listen to them for, again, for the amount of blood, sweat, tears, money, energy that our athletes are putting into the um, trying to make it to the games, I really do believe the least we can do is listen to how they got there. So thank you guys so much for listening. I sincerely appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful day.